This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 229, brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, the Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. To the town of Awafria, rode a stranger one fine day. Hardly spoke to folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one dared to ask his business, no one dared to make a slip. For the stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 229. I'm... I was going to talk weird, but it didn't work out that way. It didn't, didn't hold. Yeah, I know. I just, I was, I, I abandoned it. It was a That's thing, okay. and I was like, it's not working. That's so, okay. I like to change on the fly. That's why we're pros. I am Josh Flanagan, like I said. And before I introduce those two guys, let me just get this out of the way. It's fucking hot. I'm here with Ron Richards. I am very hot. <laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. <laughs> it, it, he's not lying. It's kind of hot and humid. There's a storm coming. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's mild in San Francisco. It's like 60s. It was, it was in the 90 degree Fahrenheit range yesterday. I, and it's the, the end times are near. They really are. I wanted to die. Yeah. And also, before we get going, I also wanted to uh, compliment our writing staff who hosted last week for us. Yes, it was host. a great show. Great job by them. Yep. Thank you, guys. Honestly, I could quit tomorrow and we'd be fine. <laughs> 
Well, I could. <laughs> Apparently, everybody's picked out a replacement for me. <laughs> iFanboy is our website. We like comic books. That is what iFanboy is about loving comic books. There it is, as simple as it can be. Uh, we started so we could talk about them. Every week, one of us has the job of picking the best comic book that they read that week. We call that the pick of the week. We write a review on it that goes up on a Wednesday afternoon, evening, early, early Thursday morning in some instances, depending <laughs> on where you are in the world. I'm sorry. Uh, we then talk about that on the show here, what you're listening to, and then we talk about some of the other books from the week and some other stuff that comes up, letters, topics, things like that. Before we get going, we are going to talk about what happens in the books that came out this week. So if you haven't read the books that we're talking about, you may want to hold on, come back, and so that we, your stories don't get spoiled for you. Before we get – no. That uh, is yeah, before, before we get started, stay tuned because we yes. are starting our month uh, April-ish giveaways beginning on this episode. So stay tuned to the end of it to hear if you won something. A surprise no. giveaway. This week, Connor. Surprise. Surprise? It was a surprise. It was a surprise. This was a week, a lot of books that were very good. I, I enjoyed a lot of books. I, I was throwing around fives like crazy. I was I in saw. a really good mood. But at the same time, it wasn't a week where when I finished my stack, there was a book that jumped out right away and said, hey, I'm the pick, which usually is what happens and it makes life easier. There's a lot of great five books and I could always, I could think of Lots of reasons to make lots of books picks of the week, but I couldn't really have it. I didn't really have a book that really stood out. I haven't. I haven't picked one yet. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those weeks. I even started a review of a different book. I got two hundred words into it and I changed it and decided no, that wasn't it. That's the kind of week it was, and that hasn't happened in a long time. Wow, that, is that going to be on the DVD extras? That's you on the are extras. the one who is the pick. <laughs> <laughs> so the pick ended up being Jonah Hex fifty four, and the reason why was I, I sat back and looked at it and. And there's a lot of books out there, not a lot, but a lot of books we used to talk about that were great every month. And it would really have to be a great month for, or an issue for really to stand out. Captain America was probably the one we always talked about the most. And that one hasn't been in that category for at least a year. And Daredevil was for a long time. There's a lot of books like that. But I think when I think about it from, for right now. <laughs> the phenomenon is the failure of Ed, Ed Brubaker is what you're telling me. <laughs> no, no, no. For right now, Jonah Hex might be the only book left that I'm reading regularly that is that good every month, and I have to think about really and realize that it is that good. You know, we get yeah. so used to it. I know Josh feel, probably feels the same way. I do. And issue 50 was one of those issues. Darwin Cook drew it, and it was a fantastic issue, one of the best of the year, snubbed by the Eisner Awards. And 54 was not as good as 50, obviously, but it was a great single story. And, and Jonah Hex is a self-contained s- series, and that, what that means is each issue – Except for a couple of arcs we've had, maybe a handful, three or four, in the entire run of the series where it's been multiple issue arcs. For the most part, it's single issue stories, one and done stories. And you, so you know when you pick up a Jonah Hex issue, you're going to get a full and complete story. You're going to get a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you're going to have closure to that story. And that's unlike almost every other book I'm reading. Every other comic book that features superheroes is a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And that's just not Superman books. That's every superhero book. So it's, it's a nice diversion to pick up an issue and know you're going to get a complete story as opposed to a cliffhanger or a never-ending battle. And that's not to say I want every story like to be like that, but it's nice to have one that's like that. It's nice mm-hmm. to have that one book where you can pick it up and know you're going to get a three-act story in 32 pages. And, it, and I think all this continued excellence, it's been four and a half years of a book that should never have lasted four and a half years by any sort of measurable standard. No. You know, I was, I was some, somebody had asked about this, and I realized that this book parallels our show. Totally. Like exactly. We talked about this. If it wasn't the first episode, it was the second episode of our audio podcast. You talked about it, uh, issue one. That's really interesting. And this is so that we've, we've been tracking lockstep with this thing. Two things that should not exist. <laughs> exactly. Their success is, is unexplainable. And I think when you have a book that's got 54 issues and that's been excellent just about every time, you forget the great work that's going on because it com- becomes so regular and so rote and so expected. Like, so. like us. Jimmy, Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, the writers, should be applauded. We've sort of taken for granted, but this, this series like is fantastic. Us. I'm going to stop this now. Yeah, you should oh, stop man, please. <laughs> the work they do is fantastic. And this issue I thought was one of the stronger ones, and not, not for nothing, but Jordi Bernay, the artist in this issue, was fantastic. And this can is one I, of his better issues. Can I tell issues. you something about that? You know, like, I think you guys may do this too, but like, I don't really look at covers sometimes. It's just like, all right, I get this one. I flip it open, look at the first page. So I don't see sometimes who the artist is until I start looking at it. And with this book, as soon as I flipped it open, I was like, ooh, Bernay's back. And I got excited. Like, I was like, oh, I love these. These are the best. Yes. Uh, and it's and funny because I, I said in my review that I, I think of him as a regular artist in this book, and I tend to think of him as doing the majority of the art. But he's only done 13 issues. Really? 
That's yeah. I was I, I had written a whole paragraph in the in my in my pick of the week about how he was the new you know he was the face of Jonah Hex and the regular artist and I I went to look up exactly how many issues and it was only thirteen so I had to delete the whole paragraph because he's really this, a lot this of false was a, starts. For you. Yeah, this was a rough week for you, wasn't it? <laughs> so. It was it was really hot. Wednesday was I didn't even enjoy reading, reading comics. I wanted to vomit the whole time from the heat. But this issue is a typical Jonah Hex tale. And I wrote in my review how it follows it follows a formula, which is not necessarily a bad thing if it's if it's if it's executed well, like I, I watch a lot of Formula TV, as long as the characters are strong and the writing is strong, and you feel the emotion of the characters, it doesn't matter that that, that, that hit the same beats every time. I mean, Jonah Hex gets put in a bad situation. He, it's a situation you think he can't get out of. There's a girl that's normally a prostitute that that falls not falls for him, but but wants something out of him, and he is not interested. He's usually got a friend who sort of doesn't want to help him, but ends up helping him. And he doesn't and at really the like end, the friend, but they're still he doesn't kind like of the friends. friends. Yeah, and at the end, he just like us. Help. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> it follows well that done. Jonah Hex pattern, but it does. It, in a, it was a really fantastic way, and I thought the ending was particularly gut punch level. I mean, it happens a lot in Jonah Hex, but it, the, yeah. issue, the ending of this issue really got me, as opposed to a lot of the stuff I read this week in other books. Now let me ask you this, and perhaps I should have looked it up. The character who comes into the Sheriff Killer, Starman, Starman, the Sheriff Killer. This is the character from when I picked this as pick of the week. I think way back in twenty six, where there was a kid. That sounds familiar. And the kid. His dad, his father got killed by, I think, the lawmen in like New York City or something like that. Yes, you did pick that one. Yes, that's and the kid. That is the origin of this story of the of the guy in this story. Right. So that's the rule. Starman shows up. It's the pick of the week, apparently. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No. In this issue, this character named Starman, who who, who is not related to the Starman of other books, is a sheriff killer. He's got, he's got a bunch of badges on his chest, which is why he's called Starman. And he, he frames Jonah Hex for a murder. Jonah Hex gets thrown in prison. They're going to hang him. And Starman and the, and the Mexican prostitute who, who likes Jonah Hex or just wants someone to get her out of town and has, a lot, has glommed on Jonah Hex for that purposes, save Jonah Hex. And then at the end, by the end of the story, the, the prostitute and the Starman have sort of formed a relationship and, and then Jonah Hex just destroys it. <laughs> just, just offhandedly just destroys it. And it was just, just a gut punch. Like he's, I wrote my review on iFanboy.com that it, it takes a really talented creative team to make you care about a character and like a character that is just so awful. And he's awful every time. And it's still a surprise every time he is awful. And that is really a testament to them doing for this for four and a half years. And it's sort of a joke we used to say in the, when we talked about the book where every time you think he's going to do the good thing, he does the bad thing. And he, he still does it and you still get caught off guard by it because it's, it's a really impressive piece of work. And the entire creative team, I mean, you're talking about, from an art standpoint, this is a beautiful issue. I think this was Jordy Burnett's one of his best issues. It was really and you, beautiful. And Rob Schwager, Schwager is the colorist, and he did a great job too. It's sort of Jody Bernays' pencils are so detailed, but not in that overly detailed way of, of lots of hatch lines and lots of speed lines, lots of lines. It's just very dense. There's a, there's a backdrop on every page. There's a really strong feeling of atmosphere. You, you see the bar, you can smell the alcohol stained chairs, and you can see the dusty streets that Jonah X walks down. And when he's open, open planes, you see way into the background. These are, they're not skimping on these pages. If you actually, if you flip through the pages too, you see that a lot of them took place at different times of day. Yes. Some of them are in the middle of the day. Some of them are like late at night. Some of them are in like a, like more of a twilight. And so it's a very nice t- color scheme. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's so, just a fully formed book, and it's perfect. And people uh, people in the in the comments of my review are asking, "Where can I start with Jonah Hex?" Anywhere. It, mm-hmm. it, if, if it's not one of those six issue arcs, which has only happened a couple times, you can pick up any issue. It's a one shot deal. You get a full story. Pick up fifty four. Fifty four is a single story that you'll get. It's a fantastic piece. Character work, action. Jonax is always pumping somebody full of lead. Well, one of the other things, again, in the comments, people say, well, yeah, well, I bought 50 and I really like that. I should maybe pick up again. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you can, like, the 50 was awesome because Darwin Cook did it, but the book's awesome. Period. You know, the, it's, it's, awesome. it's not, it's not it. awesome because. It's awesome because of the writing. I mean, it was awesome yeah, for well, two reasons. It. That book. Mm-hmm. it wasn't just Darwin Cook who was fantastic in that, in that issue. It was also Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti's writing, which was also fantastic. But there, there hasn't been a bad artist on this book. I mean, this, this, gets, this draws wonderful talent. If, I mean, if you're, if you're into the kind of artists who do this, I guess I should caveat that. It's not yeah, Jim I mean, Lee you, types. Just, just a few months ago, we had Dick Giordano doing his final comic work oh. right before he died. I mean, this, they, they, they do a really good job of getting guys on this book that are not in the mainstream anymore or n- have never been in the mainstream and giving them a lot of work. Jordi Bernays is a big talent. He's amazing. Europe, he's absolutely, but he's not a big talent here. I read that Torpedo book. It's amazing. Yeah, I really need to get that. I, I, I leafed through that at the comic store the other day. Oh, it's it was beautiful. Fantastic. It's really good. I can't wait for volume two. This was a fantastic issue. And at the end of the day, there was a lot of good books, but this is the one I really kept thinking about, which is usually what means to be have, have the pick of the week. But there were two books that 
came real close. We're going to talk about them in succession. The first was Shield number one. Oh, Shield! Hickman John brought Hickman. the crazy to Marvel. Yeah, he really. I think the reason it wasn't pick of the week was because I don't have a handle on it. It's almost Just, too despite crazy. Despite how cool Leonardo da Vinci the super spy is, it's almost too much. And also, it sort of verges into it walks the Serpentor type rope, which was yes. the take this cool military organization and, have, and give it a mystical origin, yep. which the G.I. Joe, the movie, did to Cobra and Serpentor and really sort of ruined that well, whole... You know, well, whole I'm never going to let that go. Well, for I'm the, never going to let that go. Well, for the, for 24 those, years. This I command. For the, for, I mean, for those who, those, I, those who I, didn't I, read it or don't know what we're talking about, um, the book is called Shield, and it's S.H.I.E. You know, like, and so... You would think that you're going to open it up and it's going to be Nick Fury and Dum Dum Duggan and all this. When they stuff. first announced it, I thought I was going to be. I was so excited. It's great, and no, turns out it's actually major- the majority of this book all takes place in the past, dating all the way back to the Egyptians, to the uh, ancient Chinese, to the Renaissance Italians. Yes, um, and all with the one current theme of uh, these, you know, great leaders or great people stepping up because this is not how the world ends. That was the kind of meme that was going throughout the whole book. Not like this, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and the idea being that all these, all these various leaders over time were all just a different chapter in the history of this organization called Shield, which is sworn to protect the. I mean, lot, sworn to protect the Earth. There's a lot of that. there's a lot of information. In this there's issue. a lot of information in this book, and, and this there's is, this, that's the thing. Yeah, it's exactly. right. It's right up Hickman's alley. I mean, I I really enjoyed this. I gave it a five. I liked it oh, a lot. It was, the art, yeah, it was, the art was fantastic. Who's the artist? Dustin Weaver was great. Yeah. Um, this is I the liked, kind of art that his books that that Hickman's books should. This is why Secret Warriors failed in my mind. But anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I like Secret Warriors for a while. Um, Shield is based on this guy's shield back in I forgot I can't Egypt, remember his name. Egypt. Imhotep. Yeah. Imhotep's shield, which he used to beat back these alien invaders, and so then it was throughout the history, it looked like the brood. Yeah, it did look like the brood. So, it lo- so it, throughout history, someone in charge of the shield organization knows the true fate of the world. So he knows how the world will end, and he and when someone invades, he knows this is not how the world ends. So he knows he can beat them. Yeah, and it was it was a really fun concept. And at some point, you see Galileo fighting Galactus. I mean, which there's was a lot awesome. of awesome. Really, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening here. And Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. I keep wanting to say DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> The super, you know, this is basically the action hero, which is awesome. But he flies into space and does something. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was very cool, full, of very cool concepts, and I can see myself really loving this book. But for right now, it was just felt well, like I got info info dumped, and yeah. I was trying to make make my sense of it through it. Yeah, and as soon as I opened up the page and I saw that big shield lo- logo, you know, I mean, like a little bit of Hickman designy and design stuff going on, and in the back there was some back matter and stuff like that. I I I, t- I really like. Liked, I really liked it a lot. It just, but after I read it, I was like, "Does this is this what uh, does this fit in Marvel?" Well, that was my thing. Yeah, like, I, I felt like I was the only person on the internet who didn't think this was the greatest thing on earth. Oh, I don't it think it was the greatest that, thing on earth. I thought it was. I fun. know, but like yeah. people were really excited. Everybody, it was. Yeah. I, was it the number one for POWs? This on yeah, the site? Yeah, but, but barely. There was a, it was a yeah. really big split. This yeah, it was, it was I think split it was a lot. like twenty three percent, which is not really but, a nice number. You know, for me, like I just, I, I, I was like, I don't need everything to have a secret origin of the, and i was like shield it's a government agency and i like i don't know i liked it like that for some reason Was a man. it's one of those things where they go back and like when they told wolverine's origin i was like i yeah. don't want it i don't want to know it yeah. and I, I didn't think it added much to it. it it was well done it was good i just i wasn't interested and it was one of those things like yes they're cool ideas i know how you can get it. you get an editor you go in and you say leonardo DiCaprio was a secret agent you're like but yeah, <laughs> I did too. <laughs> you did it too. <laughs> Boy, Martin Scorsese's pulled one over on us. Yeah. You know, and, and the editor goes, that's perfect. It'll sell. Great pitch. You know, but at give, the end of the day, it it's, it's robots, monkeys, uh, dinosaurs, zombie. time travel, zombie, gorilla, yeah. sort of. And again, I don't. It was be- it was really beautifully done. It was it was well done. Oddly enough, for a person who was really into the Jonathan Hickman stuff that came out early, I thought Pax Romana was fantastic. I love yep. the way it was done. I I am not really enjoying the info dumps. Yeah, because it's so. They said it last week in the show. There's just so much more telling than showing. Yeah. And after a while, I'm like, it's not really comics. Well, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I'll keep going with it. You know, to, just to see where he's going to take it and how it's going to tie into the Marvel universe now and how it gets to Shield and Nick Fury and all that sort of stuff. Because if got, it gets it, to Nick Fury, it's going to be awesome. Because I did read Secret Warriors for a while, and when he wrote Nick Fury, yeah, he, he yeah, wrote Nick yeah, Fury. He yeah. wrote a great Nick Fury. So yeah. if we end up getting to the present and Nick Fury, then that's going to really be interesting because it yeah. was really fun when he did that. Yeah. So if this the the other book that was in the the running for pick of the week is the one I think it is. Mm-hmm. I, oh, 
The Flash <laughs> Secret Files and Origins number one. Oh, first off, I that would, was the review I started to write and, and deleted. It was. I would. It, I would not have doubted. I would have backed you off on this one because my God, like, okay, for, just to get background, like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the as big of a DC fan as Connor is, but yeah. when I got in in the late '90s, I started picking up these Secret Files, uh, Secret yeah. Files books. These are great books. Oh, I love them, and they haven't been doing them as much. And this is this is what a Secret Files book should be about. It's a you know great a great little mini story, and then all those pages of the character bio. And things like, that. like this is the book, no hyperbole or anything like that. If you're curious about the Flash and you're thinking about picking up the new series that comes out next week, pick this book up because this is so your that's, primer. That's going to be the answer. Where do I start with Flash? Yes, Flash Secret Files. Yep, exactly. Yep. You had a first. You had a half the issue was a Jeff Johns written Scott Collins with beautiful artwork story about Barry Allen readjusting to the world. Really, this is the this is the this is the last chapter of Rebirth. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then. And then the second half was a bunch of secret files on the characters that you're going to need to know in the next in the upcoming series. But with good. Col- Collins and Manipal art, that was amazing. Yes. Yeah, which was beautiful, and it was a good primer for catching up. If you're new to the Flash, if you don't know anything about the Flash, and if you want to know who these characters you're going to be reading are, this is a perfect perfect example. But I I loved the opening story. I love I loved that story. I thought the Collins art was beautiful. Yep. I loved the take on Barry Allen. I, when he skidded in front of his old house, I was that is a beautiful panel. I wish I could have included it in the uh, yeah. best panels in, in the best mm-hmm. panels feature. And the the, the tease with the with the rogues, I love in, the in great emerg- glass in case of Return of the Flash. I went, oh yes, yes. Like, that is such a dorky, goofy concept. The kind of thing that I just buy into when yeah. when, when Jeff Johns writes it. It was in great. Case flash returns break glass. It's at Mirror, at Mirror Masters headquarters, and that I can't wait to see what happens when they break that glass. I and mean, no- that is. That is great stuff. And you know what I thought was interesting was that it was that Jeff Johns doesn't put anything in these things without a reason. And so if you go and if you look at all the if you look at all the bios, in the, there's the one two page spread of the Speed Force, which is all the speedsters, and it's Barry and and J- well, no, Barry's not in it, but it's Wally and Jay and Bart and Max Mercury and Jesse Quick and the and Impulse, the kid, but John Fox, John Fox in the background. Yep, the yep. the twenty seventh century Flash. So we're gonna get a little John Fox, I think, coming up. So let's, I I'm so excited for next week. It's it's oh, it's gonna be great. Good stuff. I don't buy Secret Origins. Oh, you're missing out. You're totally. Yeah, I just I don't like. Story. No, I I get that there was a story. That was good. I just don't. Well, the don't thing was is that by the end, but when they stopped out. when they stopped doing them, it was for a reason because they were just it was page after page of shitty bio, with shitty art, and shitty writing. Like this is how they're yeah. done right. You know, like this is yeah, Jeff I, Johns with Scott Collins and, and Francis Manipal doing flash. like on a, on a Wednesday or whatever. I don't feel like writing reading through a bunch of files and bios. Like it's just one of those things. Oh yeah, no, no. This is the, I mean, I and just you know, I didn't read through all those bios on uh, on Wednesday. This is like that's one I'm gonna. I read the story, but I'm gonna take time with those bios. Like that's you know, I'm gonna have fun with it. <laughs> the story was great. It was worth. It was worth. You said that like someone who had a hostage. I'm gonna go take time. <laughs> I'm gonna take my time, and we're all gonna it's enjoy it. Life. <laughs> Not you though. Um, Josh? No, not me. Captain America, uh, Black Panther. I, th- I thought you'd like this one more than you did. I'll be honest. I read it and I thought this one's got a shot. Maybe it was a strong week. Uh, I read Captain America, Black Panther, I think Flags of Our Fathers, and it was by Reginald Hudlin uh, with art by Dennis Cowan. A lot of people remember Dennis Cowan from the classic uh, question arc with Denny yes. O'Neill. I loved this because I didn't expect anything going into it, and it was a World War II Captain America story. So right there, you've already got me. But B, it was kind of written in that – it was kind of – it was slightly written with Inglorious Bastards in mind, I think, because they kept talking about killing Nazis over and over. And, and it was just like it, Cap meets up with the – what are they called? Back, not Howling Shield, Commandos. But, yeah, the Howling Commandos. Nick Fury's in Dum Dum Dugan and they're, they're all there. And it's just – it was just fun. Like I had – and like he, he goes – the Nazis are going to go after Wakanda and they think that they can take them down. And then just like in that really good – Black Panther issue that that Jason Aaron did, where like the Wakandans are badass. Uh, they were really they just took down all the all the Nazis in this one, and then um, you know then they took down the Howling Commandos and and sort of uh, Black Panther. I don't know if it's T'Challa. I don't know how that works. Um, or or and Captain America kind of square off. I don't I, know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I gave it a strong four. It just didn't give me anything new. I know, and I recognize that it really, but it really was one of those things that like everybody's got their 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 soft spots that comics tickle, and these yeah. are the kind of like I love. Oh these no, stories. I love I love World War II Cap. It's yeah. just I don't know, for whatever reason there was I kept waiting for something to really get grab me, and nothing ever really grabbed me. I enjoyed it a lot. I love. I, I had a Cap. lot of art. This was, I, I mean, I've read some Reginald Hudlin stuff here and there, and I've, it's never impressed me very much. But I, I this one was just a lot of fun. I thought this was one of those ones that I told people. You know, if you like books like I like, please just go check this one out. So I still, you know, it'll be it's fun. It's Marvel Knights miniseries. It's three. I think it's three issues. It'll be good. It'll be a good one. Yep. 
Now, Ron, um, who is it hot in here? It, um, one thing I wasn't expecting from Buffy the Vampire Star 34 was all the fucking. Oh my god! Well, the issue is called them fucking. So, right. Well, um, I, I didn't expect yeah. it to, to, to be that much fucking though. Yeah, my god. I, I all I know is I read this and I happened to be in the presence of a lady who was like, "What are you reading?" <laughs> um, um, it, it got awkward. <laughs> this was. This was in the last issue. You recall Buffy and Angel meet up. Angel was revealed to be Twilight, the villain of the of the series, and they went off. And at the very end of the issue, there was a sonic boom, and somebody said, "That's them fucking." Um, and this issue is them fucking. Well, and well, they, yeah. they fuck in the space. They fuck in the sky. They fuck on a rock. They fuck in the and wood. Like, and not only was it just, not only was it, it wasn't like any subtle kind of like it was fucking. Fucking! It was we're, wait, dirty. We're sorry, we're really <laughs> cursing. We're cursing a lot, and we apologize. I don't care. You know. it, 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 I don't it's required. Yeah. It was required for this issue. Like they, this they, was the dirtiest Brad, mainstream book I've ever read. Brad Meltzer, what what have you been doing, sir? <laughs> this is like, like well, because you open up and they're like they're both in their underwear, and there's like a slight like I gotta give George Jonte credit that he used objects around them to abstract to you know to um like obstruct powers. Yeah, yeah, really well, really really well there's one panel of angel up against the wall and buffy's kind of on top of them they're both they're both in their underwear and her hand is going down and you just see like you can see the tug of his underwear and like you know what she's doing but you don't see it you know yeah. which i thought was really really like honestly well done and, <laughs> and and they they had a lot of sex and it was it was kind of they tried having sex while they flowed supersonic speed they had sex in of, space you can see one of the panels on ifanboy.com's best panel of the week feature um it was a dirty, dirty book. Hey, what, what about, I mean, there's a panel where Angel's behind her, and, like, it's just, like, I just can't even, I can't even talk about it. I was shocked. I was reading this as, this is a mainstream comic with this Who? much. Hey. <laughs> How this <laughs> well, I didn't read it, but they, I have they fuck through a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the hell kind of powers does this guy have? Well, well that's, they, they, that's they, all. They, that's all the story. That's all. The whole point of the story is they they both have been imbued with superpowers on on par with like Superman. They they fly. They are super strong. They, yeah, and 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 honestly, I thought in between the fucking there was Giles and everybody else trying to figure out what's going on, and I fucking. thought that stuff was really interesting and explaining what's going on. And if you're a Buffy fan, this is really. It, it's making sense in the Buffy verse, you know what I mean? Like it's tying it, together, yeah. um, fringe, not fringe. What's the one in the future? Frey, uh, Frey. Frey, and all that stuff. They're they're getting the Frey. Um, ba- basically, so the whole the whole okay. idea is that the whole idea is that a Slayer comes and vampires kill her, and then a Slayer gets replaced, <laughs> and Buffy's the first one to break through that cycle and survive. So you you know? said a Slayer comes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, she's the first one to break the cycle. So that so nature is now. Filling the vacuum, nature—you yeah. know—nature is resetting, and now what's so to coming speak. Ne- what's coming next is going to be even worse. <laughs> Him, so, um, <laughs> sometimes not at all. It was it was very very dirty. I was very surprised. I was I kept going. Oh 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 yeah oh. yeah exactly. I look looking around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe if you've subscribed to this <laughs> and you wanted to get it over a discount, you'll get some fucking in the, in the day or so. Uh, oh. If you ordered from DCBS Discount Comic Book Service, uh, where you can get your, your regular issues if you if you want a better deal, then you can get it at some shops or you don't have a good shop around you. It's a good option. Their monthly specials up to 75% off, 40% off all major publishers. You can get flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders, and you can buy anything. It's anything in previews, the front or the back. There are over, well over 5,400 paperbacks in stock. Some may say way more than that. And you can track your order online so you always know where your stuff is when it's coming what's going on you can go to dcbservice.com and also make sure to check out summit city comic-con that is on may 22nd in fort wayne indiana that's dcbs and and their sister site in stock trades they're they're sponsoring a one-day show with all sorts of stuff going on ron who are some of the people who are going to be there mike norton's going to be there jim rugg is going to be there um other people are going to be there uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good time not prepared i'm pulling it up right now basically if you live in the midwest there's no reason not to be going to it i mean seriously i mean if you want a con so you got you you got andy jewett art baltazar chris burnham dave wachter hillary yeah, barda i feel was this around comics jim uh-huh. rugg uh, Katie Cook, who I really adore her art. It's fantastic. Matt Kent is going to be there. Mike Norton. Nate Powell. Uh, Eisner Award winning Nate Powell. Ryan Stegman. Steve Bryant's going to be there. Stegman uh, Tim, has great tweets. Tim Just- Seeley. Tom Scioli. Really, some great. Our pal Zach Cruzy is going to be there. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, get to www.summitcitycomiccon.com. 
and find out more about that and get there because it's going to be there's going to be great sketches and great great uh, deals on on stuff to buy I'm sure. Uh, and what else you got going on in Fort Wayne on May twenty no. second? Exactly. Get exactly. thee to Summit City. <laughs> get thee there. New Avengers Luke Cage number one came out, and this is John Arcudi and Eric Canetti. I had a lot of fun with this one. Nice. That, yes. That's a nice pairing. It, it's, yes. it's, it's, I was really – I saw it and I was like, oh, cool. And then I clicked on it. I saw the names. I was like, now that's correct. And it was just like a throwback. It was a half throwback. Like a, it like, felt very sort of 70s. Yeah. Cage gets a call from the past. You know, someone from the past, he's got to go take care of some business. And it was some kid who, who wanted to be like Cage but obviously wasn't tough. And so, you know, Cage has got to go take care of business down Philadelphia way. And uh, it, was, it was great. I, re- I, had a, I had fun reading it. It was a good little story. And there's a couple more issues to go. And Hawkeye had big seventies mutton chops, which were awesome. That's how he. That's how he should be drawn right now. Yeah, oh, he's all. I love. I love the Kennedy art. The Kennedy art was great. There was a lot oh, of fish, really fish eye lens stuff, and the action panels, and and uh, just really, really full of full of energy. His stuff it's, is. It really just throws you when you see seventies Luke Cage. By the way, the, <laughs> the tiara, and you're just like, damn. Why did they think the tiara would look tough? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Next up, Thor and the Warriors Four Number One came out. This is written by. I suppose one of our colleagues, would you say that? A yeah, friend of the show, yeah, totally. Friend of the show, whatever. Uh, Alex Zalbin from uh, Comic Book Club slash Pulp Secret. And I actually thought this was really pretty good. It was, uh, it's a story sort of in the vein of uh, the Pet Avengers. In fact, the Pet Avengers showed up in this, so it was sort of more like an all-ages story about uh, Power Pack uh, teaming up with, so far, Frog Thor. And they're on their way to Asgard. And this was, you know, in a, in a, a world of not maybe a lot of uh, good, all ages kind of stories. I thought this would be a good one. If you have kids uh, who want, you know, where a lot of you think a lot of stuff is a little too racy, it's probably a good in betweener for you. <laughs> not, I thought not it was Buffy. pretty well done. <laughs> no, not Buffy. I was telling Ron over the weekend at WonderCon that I can't take Power Pack seriously because I just think of them in regard as a child molestation. Yeah, it was a disturbing conversation that I'd rather not, I'd rather not revisit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't actually know what you're talking about. I don't want to. See, this we is have, what happens when we're walking to con. This is like yeah, this is the kind <laughs> of stuff well, we devolve to. It's the air in San Francisco. That place. We, in 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 the '90s, they were they were the face of a PSA about reporting. You know, if you've been if you've been touched, touched yeah, and so they were was, they were the face of the ad. They were in every Marvel comic for like years, I and remember, I would just yeah. see that PSA every time I would associate so that with So was Webster. Yeah, well, I associate oh, Webster and also different strokes uh, when Arnold was taken to that room with, with his friend. And yeah. Was it Say Dudley? no. Go. And Tell someone you trust. Man. Turf number one, Ron, from so, Image Comics. Some guy named Jonathan Ross wrote it and, and uh, well, J- Tom Lee Edwards drew it. Yeah, and, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because if you watched our video show from WonderCon, which we were talking about a little earlier, I interviewed Jonathan Ross and I defy anybody to not, to not to challenge this guy's comic book cred. I mean, he's a comic book fan, you know. Yeah, and, and 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 if you're American, you might not understand it. He is a big deal. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I hesitate to say Jay Leno, but it's the closest comparison. No, but without my, what I've been saying is like he's like Jay Leno or David Letterman, Letterman, but one of us. Yep. And, I mean, like, so whenever you see a show, I think it airs sometimes on BBC America. Yeah, it does. I watch it. Gigantic stars on there. Yeah. Yep. Also, a really weird setup where some of them are in the green room, but they're still on camera, and I don't. Well, he, yeah, he they, just, they show they, they show it above the guests on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, he just left the BBC, so who knows what's, what's going to happen with that? But um, he's do, he moved to one of the other channels. But anyway, he'll um, get by making enough at Image Comics, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but but I thought it was interesting. So Turf Number One came out, and this is his 1920, like, you know, Prohibition era gangster vampire space alien story which mm. admittedly it's a, a lot, lot of genres a lot of genres in one book and the thing is the writing and connor and i were talking about this because we we got an advanced copy at the con and we were reading it it's very wordy it's very wordy he he, he, he mentioned he mentioned it in his in the in the interview with yeah. ron he, he his for his lesson he learned in from writing a comic was cut down on the words and this is the wordiest comic i've seen ever right and but, that, but <laughs> the, the thing is that had we not talked to him i would have been like oh it's over wordy doesn't know what he's doing but the fact that he said that he learned that that's why i'm like all right cool you know he's gonna get it and t- i love tommy lee edwards art and i thought the art tommy was Lee-Ed- beautiful it's great yeah it was great. great what you could see under the balloons <laughs> but um um no i don't I, read, uh, it's, a, it's the first writer problem that every body we see coming from another medium has Josh even, Whedon overwrote every Stephen King everybody overwrites it's just they have to figure out the balance That's yeah and, and except I think it's, Kevin Smith never figured it out and I, th- and I think it's interesting because you know Ross is you know friends with Mark Miller his wife Jane Goldman wrote Kick-Ass so he's got writers all around him and he's still 
he's got to learn himself. And I think that's interesting. What really got me excited about this is there's one page. There's not many of the science fiction angle to this story, not many of the aliens, but there's one page with the aliens and Tommy Lee Edwards drawing spaceships was I was drooling over. Like, I want to get to that point in the story. The vampires, I don't, I don't like vampires so much, but unless they're doing it like Buffy. But um, <laughs> Tommy Lee Edwards was great. Yeah, Tommy From behind was, in space. Yeah, anyway. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so Turf number one, check it out. Give it a shot. I mean, it's, it's, it's worth it. I think it's worth checking out. Proof number 26 came out. And to me, you know, we, we talked about like Proof had kind of lost some of its magic in the recent issues. This issue, I was like, this is the Proof I'm talking about. I, I, they didn't have it at the store when oh, really? I went. So... Tread lightly. Oh, no, no, no. I won't go into the story. But it was just it, – it, it reminded it, – they're back at the lodge. I'm there's glad no, to hear that. There's no flashback. There's relationships. Sh- you know, st- shit's going down. Um, uh, Riley Rossimo's art was great. There's one great panel. Uh, Drew it? One, I thought he wasn't the artist on this one. No, he's yeah, not, yeah, he's, he's not listed as the artist on it. Riley Rossimo. I'm just saying he was listed as the artist. Oh, it says Riley Rossmo on the page. Um, there's a page of the of the the agent, the Elvis, you know, the two, the tall, lanky agent and the woman agent. Like they they like a lot of kissing in this issue. A lot of kissing happens. Whatever. Um, just good stuff. That's, that's child stuff. It reminds. <laughs> that's, it rem- that's junior high. It reminds. You heard about me of this it. Buffy book? <laughs> um, probably my pick of the week was most likely uh, demo number uh, number three. Very good. This very, very. well, first off, they they got back when I talked to Brian. Went back in February. He's saying they were wrestling with Vertigo to get to the right paper stock. It looks like they did it. Yes, like they've got this paper stock that's kind of indie or whatever. This it issue feels rough. It's rough. It's not glossy. Yeah, it's rough, not glossy. Right. It's more of a you know kind of a, a newsprinty kind of you know type yep. thing. This issue was great. It's about and it seems to be part one of a story and volume one love story. And I'm no hoping- no no. If you read, if you read the back matter, volume one love story refers to the fact that this feels like. A volume one story from the first. Oh, volume. I see. I get it. Right. So they right. called it volume one of the story because it was something originally meant to be in volume one and didn't make yeah. it to volume. One. Well, so it was just great. It's about this girl with the post-it notes, and it was and Becky Clune. This might have been the best Becky Clune art I've ever seen. Yes, so. it was beautiful. Yeah. The post note. She she basically has uh, severe OCD, and she has these post-it notes to get through the day. They're posted everywhere, not just her housing job, but all over the city where she goes, and and she meets someone else, starts leaving her post-it notes. Um, yeah. And then they formed a relationship. It was very, very cute, and the art was just beautiful. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. And finally, Avengers The Origin, number one, Joe Casey, Phil Noto. Uh, that's, all, that's all you got to say. Two, thi- two things about this book is, one, I, 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 kinda ha- I really liked Phil Noto, and then I got a bad taste in my mouth from that uh, Brian Azzarello, um, Doc Savage. It, it was, remember that was really stiff, that Batman, Doc Savage yeah. book? This, was the Noto, this is the Noto art that, I mean, this art wasn't stiff. I really liked it. That was really really good, and then I started reading it and realized that Joe Casey was retelling the Avengers origin in like some weird, you know, ultimate like now kind of time period, and I was like, oh. But by the end of the issue, I was like, all right, right on. I like it. I like it. So uh, I'm excited for this miniseries. Well, they do that every now and then, right? Every yeah. five or six years, they they re well, my, they my, update the origin to the modern times. But my problem with it was that you had like you know Rick Jones and his friends. Like remember in the first uh, in the Avengers Origin, they were like they had the radio and they were tracking the Hulk and all that kind right. of stuff. It was the 60s. Yeah, and in this now they're like in a room with computers and they're on the internet and stuff like that. And right, but, and but, but and, and which is fine. It's a modern thing. But then Tony Stark dons the Iron Man armor and it's the the dorky tin can 1960s armor, which doesn't match up. Well, yeah. maybe the first time that somebody built armor today, it wouldn't look so good at first. Well, I don't know. About if that. you remember the movie, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah good point. His good first point. version of the armor was kind of kludgy. Good point. And but so re- that's that's one of those Marvel branding things they have to keep consistent. But I, I really like this. I thought it was fun. Yeah, Joe, this is Joe really just fun. needs to be able to be given whatever team he wants. Just let him do it. Yep, yep. and just write write them. You don't have. Don't worry about now. Yeah, just do them then or whenever. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. It's fun. Cool. So uh, those are the books that came out this week that we were interested in, but uh, you all on iFanboy.com picked other comics and came back and rated and reviewed them, so we want to rev- uh, highlight some user reviews. And the first one comes from Dharma Bum, who reviewed Uncanny X-Men number 523 and gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5, and at the time of recording, 5.3% of you made it your pick of the week. And Dharma Bum, great name by the way, says... This is the kind of story that made me fall in love with the X-Men in the first place. It's a great group dynamic book. The storyline has the usual cast of X-Villains literally hunting the X-Men who are desperately fighting to survive and save Hope, but Hope being the girl. But the story is also about the strain on the relationships of these characters who many of us have followed for decades. As some of, uh, some of them make decisions in these desperate times that not everyone agree with. Dodson's, pen- Dodson's pencils are great. I know not everyone agrees with me on this, but I really like his art. And, Dodson. Uh, who doesn't like Dodson? Dodson? We got Dodson. Dodson. 
We got Dotson. We got Dotson. Dotson. Uh, Darabun took the words out of my mouth. This this whole second coming, the second well, I didn't get to talk about it last week on, on the podcast, but second coming number one was awesome. This is chapter two in Uncanny. Continued the awesome. This feels like Extinction Agenda. This feels like the early crossovers that got me into it in the early nineties. I love it. So I have to say, this is not Ron Hyperbole. When I was at his apartment, I I was sitting there at the table and he had a copy on his table, and I I absentmindedly started reading it and I got into it. It was the first the first issue. I didn't read this one, Uncanny, but the first special issue was really fun. Yeah, it, it was yeah, good. It was, it, Finch's art in the first one was really good too. I thought, but it was um, pretty good. I, I enjoyed the first issue a lot. Yeah, um, so so you should you should read this. I'll give you I'll give you this one. The problem I have, and I mentioned this on the website, is that if this was like a mini, I'd read it. But it, it crosses through all the X books. That means I have to read all the X books. I know, but I, that's how that's how you're supposed to do it. I know, but no. too much. Yes, no. yes. No, I want it. I'm fine with that. I read all these books. I'm fine with it. That, that's fine. It's the yeah. same problem. I don't have the problem. This, this is my crossover. It's for me. You go find it's your good. own I'm, crossover. I'm telling you go, it's good. I'm backing you up here. Go it have an fun. earthquake. Should I come back? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Big we spent Yanks. too much time together. New <laughs> I'm I'm boy member, Big Yanks. I feel what he's is he? Yeah, he that's wonderful. Up yeah. This week. Yeah, yeah, Pull yeah. the trigger. Big Yanks writes in, tell us about Invincible Returns number one. Give the story a three out of five in the art. A three out of five. Nobody picked this as pick of the week, and he says. I agree with the complaint about a lot of word balloons in this issue, but I felt it was just trying to fill in the gaps with any backstory before we get into an action-packed event that's coming up. My only real gripe was with the art and the backup story. Like, why did Cory Walker make Mark look like a middle-aged man and Adam Eve look like a plastic surgery reject in that dinner scene? It just threw me off with those Botox-injected lips. I deducted a point from art because of Cory Walker. Well, well, I thought this was very wordy. This is, I, I think Kirkman's been was. hanging out with Jonathan Ross. Whoa! This one was <laughs> this one was tedious. I was halfway yeah. through it. I was like, "Why did I buy this?" Yeah, because I get was, I get what he was doing. I know right. he's resetting and he's getting everything ready. And but, but it was really like, Mister Wizard, why do we have to do this? Right. Well, I know well, that at, at one point, like she literally, and I, I maybe this is Kirk can be slightly tongue in cheek, and I think it might have been, but it was just like, I know that I know this, but why don't you remind me why your father attacked us? And I was right. like, really? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like he was being tongue in cheek about every cap issue, which people he's hoping people will pick up in order to jump on Invincible. But it may and not that's work. fine. It's it's it really did cover everything. It, it sounds like it might not have been for you. It might have been for new readers. No, it was world. definitely not for me, and I'm fine with that. But it was just like, uh. so would you recommend it to somebody who th- was thinking about joining Invincible? Yeah, no. I would say, no. oh no, because I would say to just go buy the first trade and read it that way. Yeah, no, but if somebody who wants to jump jump on right now and read the issues. Sure, I guess, but it just it's. It's not as good. Like you just what it is is it's distilling it. It's like it's like playing little five second clips of the Beatles and being like, see, it's their whole catalog. It's great. And it where okay. is it? I didn't read it, so I'm just asking. I'm asking the pertinent questions. I'm doing journalism. No, I wouldn't. I would just say if you want to read Invincible, go buy the first trade. It's whatever ten bucks. If you like it, keep going. So go to ifanboy.com/comics. You can get all the. You can do your pull list for all the books that come out every week, and come back and write your reviews and do your um, star. You do your ratings and things like that. And that is just one aspect of ifanboy that we offer to you guys. Rel- you know, completely the website, completely free. It's the internet. It's for you. We're ifanboy. You can help us. We've talked to you about it in the past. Don't want to dwell on it. But just to let you know that if you're think- wondering how you can help out iFanboy, there's a bunch of different ways you could do it. We give you hours of free entertainment, all these podcasts, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we want to make, like Josh said, make comic book reading fun. That's why we're here. So go to iFanboy.com. Click on all the banners on the site. You know Those are those are people advertising <laughs> on our site. Check out what they're offering to you. Um, if you go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon, you can do your shopping for Amazon for your video games, for your comics, for your books, for your clothes, for any your unmentionables. It's all there. Um, so so go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Helps us, helps us out in the process. Um, we've got t-shirts. Uh, go to ifanboy.com slash store. You could buy the uh, recent Fear Agent t-shirt, the only Fear Agent t-shirt ever in existence. They're in from the printer. They've been in the process of being shipped out to all the people who bought, who pre-ordered it. Um, there's still time. There's only a few left. There's still time to get yours. Um, or you can become a member. Uh, for 4 bucks a month or 42 bucks a year, you can sign up at the base level membership that gets you a free comic, some stickers and some buttons. Or for 10 bucks a month, $100 a year, you get the comic and the stickers and the buttons, but you also get a members T-shirt. And members only paying iFanboy members are eligible for our giveaways. Um, we're gonna be doing a giveaway later on in the in the show, so stay tuned. Um, so go to iFanboy.com/store. It's a great way to help us out. We thank everybody who's helped support us. We really appreciate it. On to the emails. I am reading this email in the style in which it was written. Okay. This is Brantford, who is Lex Prime on iFanboy from Ontario, Canada. Normally a very polite people. <clears throat> I have heard a couple of times in the podcast that Connor really hates Gambit, who I like but don't love. 
I used to really love him, but as I grew up, I just outgrew him. And now my favorite X-Men is Cyclops and has been for some time. Stop. Also, I have heard that Josh doesn't like Metallo, who I have always loved. I was just wondering, why does Connor hate Gambit so much, and why does Josh hate Metallo? And Ron, do you have any characters who you really hate? How Josh and Connor hate these, those two. <laughs> all right, number one, the email was written all in caps, so that's why yeah. I did it. Number two, Josh, you hate Metallo? I have, uh, it's new to me. I think, <laughs> I, mentioned, I think I mentioned one time that... we. Uh, the weird things that people pick up on, by the way. Yeah. Like, I think we were talking about the Superman animated series. He I was don't even great know on what. And he was, but I was saying that he like, it tur- got to the point where every time I turned it on, he was the guy. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, whatever, I, I, every episode I, I saw. That. I remember that, yeah. He was only on four, but he was really, really good. But regardless, I don't know. I've never heard you say that. I was sort of surprised when I read that email myself. That when he- I read a comic book, though, and Metallo shows up, I fling it. <laughs> Like this week's Secret Origin, which was great. Well, Connor, why do you why do you hate Gambit? You know, I never really knew why, but then our writer Jim crystallized a couple of years ago why. Because in the '90s or the late '80s, when these characters started appearing, they stopped having mutations that really made sense, like in the body. They just started having all these nebulous purple energy powers. Yeah. And all he, did, he so there was a bunch of characters and it came about. And all they did was charge things up with purple energy, or super super purple energy, or create purple energy. And there was, you know, the mutations were lost. And, and in the '90s, in the go-go, you know, extreme era, everyone just had this nebulous purple energy, and it didn't really make any sense. Well, you shouldn't blame Gambit for that because Gambit actually he's <laughs> able to convert kinetic energy. He's able to load objects with kinetic energy, thus making them explode. So that's that's purple. a valid that's and and it's expressed through purple. Now yeah. Bishop, on the other hand, who can then take who can then take energy, absorb energy, and redistribute it, that's more like your nebulous purple power. But at least yeah. Gambit, and Gambit originally had, which they they let go in the 90s, which I thought was awesome, he had, a, he had a, a secondary power that was like a persuasion power, like a charm, which I thought was a much more interesting power. That wasn't his power, that was just his... Swarthy no, no, that was, that was, that was... That's because he was played by Tim Riggins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... But, um, no, but I, I, and also it was, it was partially the, the way that he was synthetically written with the accent, and it was just kind of annoying. And, and just, that was, I mean, that's bullshit. I, granted, there's was, was nothing very strong, but I just don't think do, I just don't like. It. Do I have any characters I hate? Sure. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, I hate people. I hate real people. Yeah, I was about to say. I thought about five people. Yeah, but I, I was like, I couldn't think of any characters. I don't hate characters because they're not real. I hate people. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you, Brantford, for yelling at us. You are welcome. Right. <laughs> so if you've got an email, email us at contact at ifanboy.com. We use your email on the show or on the uh, video show or just for our own amusement. All right. We got some voicemails. First questions. Uh, I got a question about one of Connor's favorite characters. Hello, boys. I've got a question about Aquaman. Since he's back, I want to know more about him, but I don't know where to start. I tried looking on Wikipedia, and it seems like there's so much jumble continuity about him, missing hands, growing hair. Orange shirt and no orange shirt. Where do you start? Where do you not start? Please help me. I don't know what to do. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's a very good question because before we give it to Connor to answer, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and predict that the next rebirth story from DC is gonna be Aquaman. So there you very go. good chance. We yeah. talked to Ethan Skyver or Mike Romo did in WonderCon on our show, and he <laughs> said he was drawing the next rebirth series. So. I would assume it's it'll be out in 2013. Yeah. That's my, um, by the way, that's my new favorite con anecdote. And Mike wrote about it in his column on iFanboy. You can read it, but where? <laughs> where, where I'll just we're gonna tell everybody this story again, real quickly. So we're in the DC booth. Ethan Van has been signing for about two hours. He obviously looks tired. We're gonna interview him afterwards. He stands up, and Mike Romo. If you haven't seen Mike Romo, watch the video. You can see what Mike Romo's like. Mike goes. Hey, Mike is very accommodating to Ethan. He's like, "Thank you so much for the interview. I appreciate it. How are you doing?" And Ethan's like, oh, "I'm pretty tired. I've been signing for a while." And Mike goes. Oh, Oh, would you like some water? And Ethan goes, yeah, that'd be great. And Mike just looks at me, and I go, I don't have any water, Mike. Like, it's like what the fuck we're not, this We're is? a low-budget production here. Because <laughs> Mike Romo lives in L.A. and is, is an We're actor. used to everybody yeah, gets water at auditions and things like that. And yeah. just, 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 like, we so didn't have any. Really so. It's tough with Aquaman because like Ironic. the best series that was ever written for Aquaman that I read was the Peter David's long-running series, which was fantastic, but it's not collected in trade, so I can't tell you to go pick up a trade because it doesn't exist. Uh, and you're going to be spending all your time in back issue bins. So what I would say to do is start with Br- Brightest Day because he seems to be one of the main figures that's going to be in the Brightest Day miniseries that's coming out soon. Actually, I know oh. two stories for good Aquaman stuff. The JLA Year One yep. Yep. Uh, by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson 
has the forming of the JLA, and it's sort of the first time that they all meet each other. And there's this like ongoing gag about how Aquaman talks really quietly because yes. he's used to talking underwater where sound travels farther, and so they can't ever hear him, and his word balloons are all tiny. Um, it's a really good introduction to the character, and I always really like that one. Also, and then you see like the sort of change that he goes through when he's in Grant Morrison's JLA. Uh, and he's he's, he's probably never been better than in that series, but he wasn't the star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as but, far as far as Aquaman starring stories, the Peter David ones are the best. But yes. again, they're hard to find. It's just they're they're not in trade, which mm-hmm. is a, sort of a travesty because it is a really great series. Right. That was during Peter David's sort of pinnacle time. He's coming off Hulk. You know, it was the it was the it was the ni- early ni- early mid nineties when he was he was sort of a very big name in comics. Yeah, but um, if you want to read a couple of stories that have him in there and get a little about him, those, yes. those are good. Those are the ones that I really like. But uh, I would say to this anonymous person who called in that. You check out Brightest Day, and, and I think that's where you're going to see. If he's not the Rebirth character, he's going to be happening in that series. But I, I'm hoping, and I think that that's, that Ron is correct, that he's going to be the next Aquaman. I unless, he's going to be. So. Unless it's Plastic Man Rebirth. But is it that they just don't want to sell any issues? Or <laughs> Shut up! He's awesome! I also did a <laughs> you mini. You are the one! I did an iFanboy mini uh, way back about Aquaman, if you want to search for that. It's I remember that on, one. That was fun. on our website about why Aquaman is cool. Yeah. And he is cool. All right, we got one more voicemail for you. Hey, family, this is Kevin. I'm Michelle from Steamy Valley, California. We just got back from Tiki Tour 2010. We had a great time, you guys. It was a lot of fun, and I can't wait for next year. And thank you for posting stuff like this on the website, because this just makes everything, like reading comics, a lot more fun. All right, guys, um, I hope you had a great time, and we will talk with you later. Thanks so much. Hunger was my favorite. Bye, guys. If you don't know what they're talking about, Kevin and Michelle, we were on the Tiki Tour with us this yep. past week in, in, or this past week in WonderCon in San Francisco. Every, I guess for the past three years, we've been doing it with in, four, in, three, past four, four years, yeah. we've been co-sponsoring the Tiki Tour with Isotope Comics, the comic store in San Francisco, where we we hit as many tiki bars in San Francisco as we can before we our livers give out. It's, and it's become a it's become a, 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 a raging tradition. It's become like this year there were there were, the the crowd was huge. And it was a pirate uh, theme, so about half the crowd was just as pirates. And it was, it was awesome. It was, really, it was really cool. If you go back to the first episode we did of the Tiki Tour, and I, I, I wasn't at that one either, you'll see Ron with Josh Richardson. Yes. New iFanboy staff writer. Yep. Even back then. Yep, totally. Uh, and you'll see me drunkenly, drunken. drunkenly interview a drunk um, Adam Beechin. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Was that was fun. But um, this, year, this year was a blast, and it's great to get drunken voicemails from going home from it. But um, I liked if the party didn't stop for them. It was yeah, it was with uh, the Tiki Tours with Dave Johnson, which was awesome. And then Saturday night, actually at, at Isotope, it was another amazing party with Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, and Darwin Cook, and and we just got to thank everybody who came out. We're so glad everybody had fun, and we got we also got to thank James Syme and Kirsten Baldock at um, Isotope Comics for you know co-sponsor for you know hosting all these events and allowing us to be involved in it. It was just it was just great. It was you know it's it, re- it was probably this this WonderCon was probably one of the best WonderCons of all time. That's what everyone's been saying. Um, yeah, if you go to ifanboy.com and you go to the search and search Tiki Tour, search Isotope, hundred percent hex. I think that's the name yeah. of it. We have the pictures from the party and from the Tiki Tour on iFanboy, so check those out. And if you watch uh, this past week's vi- uh, video show, halfway through, there's a little musical montage uh, of, of yes. both events. So, yeah. yeah. So, so thank you all for coming. A lot of people came. A lot of people said hi. Talked, met a lot of people we've only known through the website through the, at the party. It was a good time. It was awesome. So, um, yeah. yeah, and Kevin Michelle, thank you for uh, writing in. Uh, that was awesome. Calling so, in. Calling in, right. So, and if you want to call in, you can call us at 188-FANBOYS. It's 188-326-2697. Um, Woo! Connor, let's give some stuff away. April is, and a bit of May, is giveaway month. We're doing a giveaway for the next four shows, which goes through the end of April and the first week of May. We talked about this before. We do a giveaway for iFanboy members. You've got to be a member to be eligible. We pull from the, from the big pool of members to give away things that are very cool. This week's giveaway, which is the Jonathan Ross Turf giveaway. We talked about the book earlier this week. We met Jonathan Ross at the con. We got a bunch of books signed. We're giving away three prize packs, which includes Turf Number 1, which signed Special Collector's Edition by Jonathan Ross, and a turf promotional poster. And the winners of the turf giveaway are Chris Albrecht, Marianne Borelli, and Neil Cudmore. Awesome. So congratulations, congratulations. Chris, Marianne, and Neil. You guys are paid iFanboy members. We thank you, and, and here's our give back to you. So thank you very much. So go to iFanboy.com. There's a red post at the top, April, April-ish giveaways. You can see all the stuff that's there. Go to iFanboy.com slash store, become a member. That's how you can be eligible. 
<laughs> so the con parade rolls on. We just came off of WonderCon. This past weekend, we were able to stay at home and relax. But this weekend, we're going to be in Chicago for C2E2. We hope you will be there as well. So go to, you know, we'll, we'll be at the con. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash fanboy to see where we're going to be at. Come say hi to us. We're going to have a booth this year. It's the first year we've ever had a booth. We're going to be in, like, the podcasting section by Artist Alley. We're going to be near the Around Comics booth, which I will then be pissing on because they're, uh, <laughs> they're dying. Um, as well as some other great podcasts will be there. So come say hi. It's going to be awesome. The folks from Graphically are going to be there, um, so you can find out all about the Graphically stuff. Um, it's going to be a cool time. Uh, there are a couple of parties. If you go to C2E2.com, you can see uh, under the uh, under events, there's a listing for parties. That'll show you all the information about the after parties. We may be there. We may not be there. Watch us on Twitter. Find out where we are. So, yeah, it's going to be a great time. I can't wait to get to Chicago, see our friends there. It's going to be a blast. Have fun with that, you two. Yep. <laughs> I miss going to sh- I'm starting to miss going to shows, although – I get the fatigue just the same. You want to check out we, – we do this podcast. We do other stuff like that. You want to make sure that you check out our Toxplode podcast with John Ramita Jr., artist on Kick-Ass and so many other just wonderful, wonderful bits of art. We talked to him about the movie and about his career and about his relationship, you know, like like because he's, he's Marvel royalty. It, you know? it, might, it might be one of my, my favorite Toxplode we've ever done. Uh, so make really sure good. that – you go back in the feed and you check that one out. Uh, it's definitely worth a listen. He's a, he's a really fun guy. Uh, also, we have our Don't Miss podcast that comes out every single Monday. It's a little short podcast to tell you about just one book that you may not have known about or one that you did know about. And we talked with a creator from that book. Uh, last week, we spoke with Jonathan Hickman, writer of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we just talked about a lot. Um, and so he's talking about that book with Chris Neesman. And this week, uh, Ron is talking to Jamie McKelvey. Yep. Because... Are you just are you going to be buying pages from him on the show? No, no, no. Jamie actually uh, drew uh, the Siege Loki one shot that's going to be coming out next week, and so okay. uh, figure talk to talk to him about that. Loki is a Loki is a trickster. He is. So go to iTunes and subscribe to Don't Miss. Search iFanboy. Subscribe to Don't Miss. That's your those are your orders, people. So. It's a good show. It's a fun little show. You'll learn about something you didn't know, where you listen to somebody you you were already going to buy, but it was interesting anyway. Yeah, and it's short, fifteen minutes. You're in, you're out. Minutes. That's Check out ifanboy.com. You can read my Pick of the Week review right at the top. You can read all of our in-depth comic book discussion, all the important news. You can see our new writers we've just added to the website. Lots our legion <laughs> of new writers. All of our new writers you can check it out, plus Word Balloon, which is now part of the iFanboy umbrella at the moment. You can check that out every Tuesday at ifanboy.com. Lots of new people. Every day you've got new writers at ifanboy.com. Lots of new cool people. Go there and check out our social network links. You can be our friends on Twitter and Facebook and all those places that are not Twitter and Facebook that you don't go to anymore. You can check out our video show every Wednesday. This past week was the WonderCon episode. We just, we've just we been talking about it incessantly through the show. And, and let me just say that if you don't watch the video show, if you, if you sometimes you check it out, if you watch one video show, watch this one because this video nearly killed me. So <laughs> please watch it. My, I, my blood, sweat, and tears are in that video. Uh, and which accounts for the dropout at fourteen fifty eight. It's funny we meet we meet people at con stuff. We never know if they watch the video show, if they listen to the audio show, if oh, they come yeah. to the website. Like it's for enjoying us. So you yeah, <laughs> they should all do all those things. It makes it easier for us to relate to what yes, you're talking what about. What video show is coming out this week? This week is Kick Ass, the show about the Kick Ass series. We're also going to be talking to some of the actors in the Kick Ass movie. So it's, half the show is about the book, and half the show is about the movie. It's, it's very a, exciting. It's a new era of awkward interviews. <laughs> Yeah, I think we broke the mold of this one. Yeah, I think we did too. That's for sure. <laughs> the Watchmen ones were pretty awkward. Oh no! Watchmen no, no, was these easy compared wa- to this one. <laughs> Watchmen looks like Charlie Rose, but everybody's on high or, or happy. It's just this is this is bizarre. So, McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> McLovin was actually one of the best. He was one of the best crew. It was the yeah, other. Him and the, yeah, it, it was, was the, the other, other folks that were a little more. <laughs> it was the kids, Marty. Um, <laughs> So check out this week's show on Kick-Ass if you're a fan of Kick-Ass. You can check that out on fanboy.com or vision3.com slash fanboy every Wednesday. All right. Uh, so this show is not just about us. It's about you guys. So make sure to tell us what you think. Call right in at i contact the, uh, contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 32697. If you want to get your voicemail on the air, make sure you say your name and keep it, keep it shortish, 45 seconds if you can. Say what you want. Get it out. No long stories. You wanted, you're trying to get on the air here, so do a good job. Listen, folks, a lot of you uh, listen in iTunes. Subscribe in iTunes. That's the best way to get the podcast. You complain that the episode's not in iTunes. It takes a little while for it to index to actually appear in their episode listing. Subscribe to the show. That's the best way to get the show. While you're there, write a review. Thank you very much. Tell your friends about iFanboy. We love you. 
Is that what happens? If you're not subscribed to it, it doesn't yeah. show yeah, up. Yeah, if you, if you go on iTunes and type in iFanboy and then it goes to our oh. listing episodes, if you're there waiting for the new episode, I, I know I have friends who work at Apple. I know how this works. It's going to take about four to six hours sometimes, you know, like about oh. average. See, because I'm always like, showed up for me. Yeah, you have, to, you have to hit subscribe, subscribe to the show. That's the way you guarantee you get it the moment it comes out. All right, cool. By the way, this is the first heat-induced episode, so oh, you can, oh, yeah, and you can hear a it. long summer of babbling, stuttering, skipping, saying words wrong, forgetting things. Yeah, fun times. Hey, hey, it's worked so far. <laughs> you know what? I'll say this, Josh. No one has asked where you've been in the. No one. I know, I've no one. <laughs> there hasn't been one comment on either of the last two video shows. One of which I edited. Thank you very much. <laughs> no one's been like, "Well, I really miss Josh in these shows." No, no one. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Not even at the cons. Hey, where's Josh? No one. Oh, yeah. by the way, I'd like to just say one thing. James Robinson, not just me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're friends with him. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I'm not missed that much. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Tom? Fuck off. No one dared to ask his business. No one dared to make a slip. For the stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip, big iron on his hip. It was early in the morning when he rode into the town. He came riding from the south side, slowly looking all around. An outlaw loose and running Came the whisper from each lip And he's here to do some business With the big iron on his hip Big iron on his hip